Daily Drive is brought to you by Reynolds & Reynolds, the industry leader in automotive technology. Find out what Reynolds is up to in the digital retailing space by visiting reyrey.com slash retail anywhere. That's R-E-Y-R-E-Y dot com slash retail anywhere. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Daily Drive. I'm Steve Smith with Automotive News. It's Tuesday, September 14th. Despite the surge of the COVID-19 Delta variant, large live automotive industry events are beginning to happen more regularly and remain planned for the months ahead. Take, for example, the auto show in Munich last week. Yes, it was smaller than German auto shows of the past, yet still generated plenty of news and social media buzz that was consistently infused with an excitement of being together, as an industry, with business partners, colleagues, and friends. In November, the SEMA show returns to the Las Vegas Convention Center as a live show. Its last was in 2019, about four months before the onset of the pandemic in the United States. Tom Gattuso, vice president of events for the Specialty Equipment Market Association, the trade group behind the show, describes that same type of enthusiasm among SEMA's members, the OEMs and suppliers taking part in the show, and industry participants that look to the SEMA show to forge new business relationships. Gattuso anticipates a smaller international audience this year because of travel restrictions, but is also excited about trying some new things. For example, for the first time ever, offering a limited number of the public entry into the trade-only SEMA show on Friday, November 5th, which includes SEMA Ignited, the official after-party of the show. Gattuso is also excited about how experienced partnerships with companies like Ford are coming together and how interested SEMA members appear to be about electric vehicles and the opportunities electrification may afford their businesses. Organizers are also using the new West Hall to deliver a different experience this year that adds both distance and safety for attendees and also tests new traffic flow patterns that will be fine-tuned in the years to come. What else is on tap for the 2021 SEMA show? What are some of the highlights? What COVID protocols should attendees expect? And what opportunities do EVs present in the specialty equipment market? We've reached SEMA VP of Events Tom Gattuso at the organization's headquarters in Diamond Bar, California. Tom, thanks so much for joining me today on Daily Drive. How are you? I'm doing great, Steve. Glad to be here. Glad to have you with us. We've got an exciting show to talk about. One of the biggest shows in automotive coming up, and that's the SEMA show coming up uh, later this year in Las Vegas. Why don't you give our audience an update of how planning for the show is coming together? So planning is is coming together well. We're, uh, we're looking forward to having the show here this November. It goes the 2nd to the 5th. And as you can imagine, with the hurdles that we've jumped over for the last 18 or 19 months, uh, we're excited to be coming to something where our industry can gather for this live event. And it's really the work of years of planning um, that's going to be able to put this all together. And we're looking forward to all the benefits that are going to be entailed with with the industry gathering and spotting the new products and new trends and and really charting our path forward. Can you talk about some of the things that are on tap on this year's agenda, maybe some of the highlights? Yeah, so from a show perspective, we've got our normal things in place where we're going to have uh, 1,400 or so exhibitors. We're going to have tens of thousands of buyers. And really, that's the, the magic of the SEMA show is connecting the buyer and the seller, if you will. Um, so we've got a robust uh, group of exhibitors that are 
that are really preparing and they've got their new products lined up and they've got their builders and they've got everything really starting to uh, come into place for the show. Our buyer community is, is equally as enthusiastic right now where they are really preparing for something that hasn't happened for a couple years and looking forward to coming to the show and really having the one-on-one -on -one conversations that they've been missing with the manufacturer base and finding the new things that are happening in the industry and really figuring out how that can be leveraged to benefit their business for years to come. As you look at this year's show and coming out of COVID and perhaps some of the business impact of the industry slowing down, is yours a sense of optimism that you're getting from some of your exhibitors that there's there's growth ahead, that, that business is opening up again coming out of the pandemic? We are. We were pleasantly surprised going through the initial part of the pandemic where as a trade association, we really are, are in existence to help our, our member companies succeed. So immediately when we went into this mode on trying to help them um, with the government programs and the PPP and that type of thing that, um, that was evolving in the marketplace. But we were surveying them on a regular basis. And, and what we found out was that in some cases, some of our businesses were doing better than they had done in 2019. And we chalked it up just thinking that there's a lot of projects in people's garages and and parts started to get bought because people were now home more often than they were and and there wasn't as much entertainment that you could go do so people were finding ways to entertain themselves within their own house and and working on house projects and car projects i know i found myself in the garage more often than than not um, but it really helped our member companies uh, be able to continue what they were doing. So we were pleasantly surprised by that. And, and really now what we're seeing is there's been this evolution of product development that's happened over the last two years. And this is the place where it's going to be showcased. So we're really looking forward to seeing, to seeing that. And when we expected our industry to be impacted and it wasn't, now we're seeing that there's this support network out there that wants to see what's been going on and, and where things are going to be going for the future. So when you look then at what appears to be less severe impact based on what you're describing to the member companies that you represent, this, this garage do-it-yourself type of uh, car enthusiast, and you look ahead at planning this year's show, are there new things you're trying this year and planning this year's show that perhaps you've not done in previous years? There are some things, and, and we're really analyzing closely what the, the enthusiast to manufacturer relationship is. And I believe COVID and the marketplace sped up over the, the last 18 months or so. So we're, we're, we have a consumer event that happens on Friday night. We call it SEMA Ignited. And it's really designed to be this incredible celebration of a great week of business-to-business -business learning and conversations that happen at the trade show. And we have a, a, a thousand-car parade of vehicles that were in the show. And they end up at the SEMA Ignited event. And that's open to the public. For the first time ever... Uh, we've allowed a ticket upgrade to that SEMA Ignited event where 
a select group of people. We've limited it to 5,000 enthusiasts, but a select group of people will be able to come to the SEMA show on Friday. And it's a, it's a nod from our industry to see what the direct-to-consumer connection is these days and whether or not there's an opportunity for our members to be able to have more of those direct-to-consumer conversations. So it's exciting to be part of that because the industry really has been evolving for a long, long time. This is going to be the 54th version of the SEMA show, and we've seen it decade after decade evolve, and, and we're looking at this one really closely to see if this is going to be an evolution for the future. So this was our way to get a foot in the door and really see what's going on be able to look at this initiative and see how it worked for the sellers, how it works for the, the buyer enthusiasts, and really see what place it's going to have in future SEMA shows and the industry itself. So what kind of response are you getting from OEMs and suppliers and your other members, not only to this year's show and it being live and in person, but also to some of these interesting changes that you're making to evolve the show? We've got great support coming from our OEM base, and and we expected that because they're excited to be able to showcase what they've been doing. So we're having monthly conversations, monthly planning conversations on what the show's going to look like and how they're they're best going to fit into it. And I'll 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 cherry pick one of them. Ford is is one of our our um, mainstay OEMs, and they've got um, a feature outside that we call Ford out front. And, and Steve, you went to the show in, in 2019. And depending on how you got there, um, a lot of times with what our OEMs do in these display areas outside, you can see, smell, hear, feel the industry, literally right when you step on campus. And we're excited because Ford's going to be back again doing that. And, and it really, it sets the tone for our trade show where as soon as you step on the grounds, we like to think of it as the specialty automotive market is is embracing our industry and saying you're, you're home, this is where it happens, uh, feel comfortable here and, and go out and have the conversations that are going to help your businesses evolve. So we're getting great support from the OEMs and and they're evolving as we go. So we're we're getting into a little bit more of the electric vehicle and, and that type of thing. But for the most part, from a performance aspect, we're really happy to see how things are coming together and can't wait for November. It's interesting. 2019 was my very first show and I loved being outside for all of the reasons that you talk about. It really just catches your, it catches you right when you walk into the parking lot of the size and the scale and the diversity of that show. I'll, I'll geek out a little bit. I ran into some folks that I've only seen on TV, some favorite shows and got a few pictures here. And so if you're a fan and you're an enthusiast and you're an industry, it's a great show no matter what you are. But it's interesting that you say Ford um, because, you know, since the last SEMA show, the Bronco has rolled out, certainly trying to build their brand to compete more so with Jeep, the restoration business around the Ford Bronco, the affinity for that brand. You even look at Jeep and some of the things they're doing with the Gladiator, the electrified version of all of these things. How is all of that really translating into changes that are going on within this aftermarket performance customization market? 
When a vehicle like that is introduced, and it's, it's going to be iconic when we talk about the Bronco, um, but we do things here at SEMA where we'll do a measuring session where we'll allow our members to come in and be able to um, see how the parts that they're designing for that vehicle fit and, and, and use a vehicle to, to start to build the basis on products that they may develop. And we do that intentionally so that as a, as a car comes to market, our industry is ready. And when you come to the show, the products are already developed. So as the small speed shops and the small restoration and, and performance shops come to the show, they're able to see products ready to go and, and really see a full demonstration of what that's going to look like for them and how they can start to promote that to their customers. So it's not just the Bronco, but it's really all of the cars that are that are happening. In, in 2019, you probably saw um, a fair share of, of the Supra that was on display. Absolutely. And, yeah. and the products that were there at the show were developed with this thinking in mind where we had had a couple early Supras where we could um, have our members come in and, and be able to do some test fitting and that type of thing. Um, really so that we'd be ready for the industry when that car came out. And it's going to be no different. Our industry is very forward-looking, and as as products and, and vehicles start to get introduced to the market or or they start to evolve, we're one step right there with them trying to to be able to create these products that really are going to help people personalize them but maintain all the safety and all the emissions and all the other great stuff that's built into the OE, but just give you an individualized experience and and maybe something that performs to how you think it would be. We'll be right back with more. As online experiences exploded this past year, it was clear dealers needed an approach that kept them in business for the long term. Chris Walsh, Casey Edwards, and Dave Bates, Top Reynolds executives, sat down to discuss today's digital retailing landscape. Here's an excerpt from that roundtable discussion. So what are dealers trying to do to get this fully online and online to in-store experience? I mean, that's a great question. And honestly, it's, a, it's kind of a hard one to answer because retailers are kind of defining and using digital retailing differently. You know, to some dealers, it's selling a car. To other, it's sales and F&I. And they, they tend to be approaching it in chunks versus, you know, kind of a holistic, holistic approach. And then you end up just focusing on one or two things when you need to focus on, you know, more of a big picture. Digital retailing is dealership operations, period. Reynolds' Retail Anywhere approach focuses on streamlining dealership operations and improving profitability. For more information about this big picture holistic approach, visit rayray.com slash retail anywhere. That's R-E-Y-R-E-Y dot com slash retail anywhere. Talk about the push to EVs. What are the implications for your members and the the part of the value chain where SEMA operates? So that's going to be an interesting one to watch because it, it comes in a different in a different couple categories. There's there's vehicles that we're going to have at the show this year that are electric conversions. So you take a classic car and you convert it to an electric motor. And, and that's become a part of the industry. Then you also have the OEs that are creating electric vehicles right on the assembly line. And then there's a third category that we weren't necessarily um, forecasting, 
but it's people that are taking an electric vehicle platform and then they're taking a classic car body, if you will, and transforming it to that electric vehicle. So it's it's really all three stages of that. And we're, we're looking at this as an industry as, as something that is gonna be happening in the future and trying to understand how we're gonna be able to make parts and adapt certain aspects of those parts to fit these vehicles and, and continue with what we've been doing for the last 55, 60 years as an association, where we represent our members and the products that they're building in the industry to really help cars be individualized, perform better, and um, and really fit the needs of the enthusiast consumer. Talk a little bit about attendees or registrations tracking above, below. How's the response been from individuals that that walk the show floor at the Las Vegas Convention Center? So it's been really good, Steve. The 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 thing that you could probably forecast is there's there's an impact with international travel. And we saw that happening back in January when we started to forecast what things were going to look like. And it's held true where if you're coming from certain countries, the pathway into the U.S. is impacted. So we're not expecting as much of an international audience as we typically would have. But we've been really enthusiastically surprised with the support that we're getting from the domestic buyers. And we're seeing really strong support for them. And we're in this place right now where as we go into Labor Day and come out of Labor Day, that's really where we start to see the surge in our registrations. And we're starting to see that. So we've got tens of thousands of buyers currently registered, but the next seven weeks for us are are really important because that's when it all really happens. Uh, so we're in this place right now where it's really important to explain what is going to be at the show, what are some of the innovations that our buyer community is going to be able to see and allow them to have the information they need to be able to, to attend the show here in November. Uh, right now, all paths are leading towards a great event with robust participation across the board. Can you talk a little bit about some of the protocols for COVID that folks attending the show might want to anticipate? Yeah, so we're we're in Nevada and and we're in a, a county called Clark County. So really, the governor of Nevada or there's a there's a group of directors in Clark County that can dictate what the mandates will be in terms of some of the COVID health and safety practices. So as it stands right now in Nevada, there is a mandate for large gatherings for people to wear masks. So we're not sure if that's going to continue through November, but our goal really is to, to do what's mandated either by the state or by Clark County. Then we've also got some other things where we're going to have some wider aisles built into the show and we're going to have some sanitizing stations. We're going to do daily cleanings of the entire facility, things like that are the, that have kind of become commonplace. But we're going to go through those precautions and, and make sure that the environment that we've built is safe for people to attend. Um, it's a very fluid situation. And this, this surge that we're currently going through with the Delta variant, I think we're starting to see come onto the downside. So if you look at some of the seven-day moving averages for 
new cases or testing or hospitalizations, you know, certainly those curves are heading in the right direction. So we're optimistic with what we're seeing and we're glad we're going to be able to gather the industry in November because we're going to really need to have this touch base to start to chart the course on, on what things are going to look like down the road. Yeah, absolutely. I'm curious, Las Vegas Convention Center, are you utilizing the new West Hall? We are. So that's a that's an exciting thing for us because really part of my job is to is to produce the the current year show. And I, I lead a team of of really experienced event professionals that uh, that do a lot of this and we're focused right now, as you can imagine, on the show that's going to take place here in, in 49 days. But we're also looking well into the future, and I'm I'm planning, say, three years out. We we've got that on the boards now that we're we're looking at, and what this new convention center expansion has done is it's given us this opportunity to take the show and realign some of the show sections. So, taking the collision repair industry and aligning it with the tools industry, or wheels, making sure they're always aligned with tires. And, and the truck industry with the um, restyling industry. And we, we made these alignments and then we, we expanded into this fifth hall that the convention center built. And really it was a nod towards what is the show gonna look like in 2024? And we wanted to establish the traffic pattern now. So we've expanded our footprint. It gives us a perfect opportunity to do things like I talked about with the wider aisles and the sanitation and, and networking areas that we're going to have. Um, but it will create this traffic pattern that people are going to start to get used to. So they'll see it this year and then in 22 and then by 23 or 24, it'll become commonplace and it will be the new SEMA show. So it had been a decade and a half or so since we had done any changes to the floor plan. And this gave us an opportunity to do that. And it, it wasn't um, completely to schedule because the convention center had a, a couple of, of scheduling delays as well with their renovation that they're gonna undertake. But it was enough that we're able to really get the full experience of what the entire campus is gonna look like and start to really put our fingerprint on how unique we can make it so that when attendees come, they'll be able to be introduced to it this year where it's been a couple years since they've been to a show so you'd have that that expected newness and then it will start to become commonplace for them as they come for the next three and, and five years and, and even further down the road. Tom, congratulations on planning a what sounds like a terrific show. I'm sure that folks are excited to get back. Uh, as you mentioned, I've been to one in 2019. I'm looking forward to attending this year's show as well. Where can folks interested in learning more, maybe registering, where can they find out more information? So if you'd like to go, the, the best place for information to start would be SEMAshow.com. And that's a website that that really will connect you to not only the show, but it will connect you to different aspects of our association. So that's that's the best place to start. And then once you're there, you can connect into our e-news product, which is a, a weekly e-news publication, and maybe even sign up for our monthly magazine publication as well. But I'd start there and, and just give your, your listeners the understanding that the, the SEMA show 
normally is a is a business to business trade show and it's open from Tuesday through Friday. Um, if you're not currently in the business, uh, there is an option to do it through the SEMA Ignited Friday Experience Pass, and that's a separate website, SEMAignited.com. Uh, but either one of those would be a great place to to start, no matter what your affiliation with the automotive industry is. It's one of the things I love about this show. You can be an enthusiast, a kid, and an indus- and work in the industry all at the same time. And it's just it's just a really, really enjoyable experience. Congratulations again to you and your team. Sounds like planning is going well and looking forward to seeing and hearing more in November. Yeah, for sure. We're excited and and can't wait to see not only having the industry gather, but but really what it's going to chart for where the industry is going to go into the future. And and really for me, that's the the most exciting thing because it it manifests itself on the show floor and then you see it on the the shelves of the performance shops years later. And I'm sure smiles everywhere. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Tom, thanks so much. Have a terrific day. Uh, we'll talk soon. Great. Thank you, Steve. That's Daily Drive for Tuesday, September 14th. For breaking news, go to autonews.com. And to catch up on all of our episodes of Daily Drive, go to autonews.com forward slash Daily Drive. As always, thanks for listening. I'll be back tomorrow when my guest will be Jason Stein. <laughs>